what is the upskies everybody welcome back to another episode of the gx gamer cast this is episode 49 and we're doing a versus episode y'all so i just got inspired with a lot of uh talk around the year of 2023 being arguably already the greatest year in gaming and i was like well hell there's been a lot of fantastic years at gaming and i want to go back and look through some of the ones that are considered some of the best years in gaming of all time and i'm gonna put them up against each other and see if that will be a lot of fun and see which year is the best but i mean I think all in all, we all win as gamers because, again, I feel like we are in the golden age of gaming right now. There's just so much, so much good gaming out there. There's just, it's amazing. And it's I, arguably the most mainstream it's ever been. We got big budget movies getting made about video games, big budget TV shows, winning awards. It's pretty crazy. It's a great time to be a gamer. But I always like to go back and revisit my past. So, in this episode, we are going to be taking a look at the years 1998 and the year 2004. So, before we get into the versus talk, let's do a little bit of intro talk. Let's talk about some of the stuff I've been playing, watching over the last few weeks, or I guess just over the last week or so. But I always encourage y'all, the ones listening, yes, you. Let me know what you've been up to. Let me know what game you've been playing. You just can't put it down or a quirky little TV show you're watching. You're just binging it every day or a fantastic movie that you've seen recently. Let me know about it. Maybe I haven't heard of it before. Maybe I have and we can have a great conversation about it. Regardless, always love to hear what people are up to. There's just so much damn content out there. There's no way I can keep up with everything. Things are going to slip through the cracks and... Maybe your recommendation could lead me down to one of the best experiences. So, with that being said, let me tell you what I've been up to over the last week or so. So let's start off with let's start off with a movie. I checked out Black Phone on I don't remember what it's on. It was probably on Crave, but regardless, um, kind of a suspense horror mystery. Very good movie. Very very good. This one. <clears throat> I had some pretty good expectations on. Seemed like a movie that critics liked and the audience liked. Pretty similar um, reviews coming from both sides. So I enjoy that. It sounded good. Uh, very, very cool concept. So basically, uh, without spoiling anything, you... Um, not you, but there's a boy. He gets abducted by a murderer. And when the kid gets uh, to the place that he's being held at, there's a phone. A black phone. And uh, on the, <laughs> the phone will ring, and on the other side will be previous victims that the killer has killed. And they will be talking with the boy, trying to help him escape. Love the concept of it. I thought it was a great movie. Just um, very well acted. I mean, I think Ethan Hawke is in there or some shit. The villain is very unique. Very, I like the just a very interesting character. Great great villain the yeah it was just a really fucking good movie i highly recommend it good thriller good suspense i wouldn't call it like scary scary definitely more on the suspense thriller side but highly highly enjoyable movie one of my one of the one of my more preferred movies that i've seen so far this year really enjoyed that one so i will recommend that to check it out and then in tv shows i finally finished off season three of succession so that's great been having this love, I'm not going to say hate, but just like 
love and like relationship with Succession. Sometimes I'm just completely smitten with it and I can't stop watching it. Other times I can't stay awake. I'm just so like, oh, just not into it. So I finally finished off season three. It was excellent. I am back on the love side of Succession. It's not my favorite show of all time, but it's very enjoyable. I must say it's getting, I'm not going to call it a grind, but the episodes are getting like really long. They're like cracking over an hour now, like every episode every single episode so if that's not really your thing which I'm learning is not really my thing like I get quite exhausted for some reason I just get bored or antsy when the episodes are just so long but uh it's a very good show man I uh the season finale for season three was spectacular and I'm excited man the final season I'm I'm here and uh honestly I'm gonna take just a little break just take like a week or something off and reset I found that's been quite good like if I if I happen to watch it every single day like I usually just bang out an episode after work and one a day sometimes I'll get burned out I'll take a couple days off in between come back and I just fucking love it again so yeah you know that's a strategy that works but succession very very good I started up a new show this was on Disney it's called Baskets uh, comedy show it's got Zach Galifianakis in it he's playing this um clown i guess he's uh he's trying to be a professional clown and it's definitely a comedy show it's very very funny i um been crushing this show man i'm already uh through two seasons of it onto the third and just highly enjoying it very uh, it's just uh it's made by you know louis ck i love louis ck i know he's got some controversies behind him but i love the man's work incredibly funny kind of that cringy humor kind of thing going on really really like it uh Zach Galifianakis is great he's playing like two characters he's playing like the clown but he's also playing like his very eccentric brother so there's that there's uh, uh I believe it's a man playing a woman which is fine I just one of my favorite characters there there's this character called Martha she is incredibly funny uh but she doesn't try to be she's just like very plain but great show really good cast of characters and yeah man very easy to watch i am just slaughtering the show just episode just they're nice 22 25 minute episodes very easy to watch really really liking baskets so if anyone out there has watched baskets or if you're looking for a comedy show and you happen to like that cringy kind of humor i'm not sure what i can really compare the show to uh maybe eastbound down if you're kind of into that thing uh if you've seen the show louie uh kind of like that as well but yes very very good show i am loving it i'm probably gonna have it finished in no time and yeah that is everything that i've been watching over this last week in terms of video games uh, i picked up a few new games um i guess not necessarily but you know the ps plus games uh the one that came out this week the alan wake remastered i actually really want to play that so always had alan wake on my docket when it came out originally it just looked too scary for me now i'm not as much of a little bitch and i'm willing to play it but now it's just like i heard it's not that there's definitely some problems and jank with it but i want to check it out the remasters there is free for the month so i'm gonna down i downloaded that and i'm planning on checking that one out i also downloaded prey uh the 2016 game i think it's 2016 first person shooter uh i all i remember i don't remember much about this prey in particular i remember more the prey that came out prior to it on the 360 had that one on my docket for a long time never got to it so i'm like i'm not gonna let 
fucking Prey go by again. I just did an episode on underrated games. I hear Prey is an extremely underrated game, so I want to give it a shot. Been craving a first-person shooter. So that's the one I'm going to go with. I haven't checked it out just yet, but maybe next week I will be able to tell you a little bit about Prey. So those are uh, just the new ones that I kind of picked up here. Still playing through, obviously. Tears of the Kingdom. I'm getting there. I like. I still have the two temples, but I feel uh, more encouraged to do like the main story stuff right now. I'm getting a little bit burnt out with all the just exploring the undergrounds and stuff like that. So I'm kind of starting to focus a little bit more on the main game. So with that being said, I still have no idea when the final review for Tears of the Kingdom is going to be. It'll be here when it's here, once I'm nice and done with it. My buddy just told me the other night that he finished it off and Oh, oh man, I'm just, uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's a good game, okay? So, we won't spend too much time talking about that. I've been playing through the Phoenix Wright game, uh, the first one, I guess, in the series of the trilogy, and very enjoyable game. I, uh, think in the last episode, I was just starting up my second case. I am now, I guess, on, I don't know if you would call it, like, epilogue or, or, or prologue or whatever, or epilogue, because, like, I got through the four main cases and, like, the the story kind of end, but there's like an extra case. So I'm on that case now. The fifth case really enjoyed this game. There's a lot of reading. Like I've been doing a lot of reading games lately, I guess. But uh, a lot of reading, but uh, very charming cast of characters. Very goofy, and it's just an enjoy. Like it's it kind of got a little bit repetitive with the loop that it was. It's just kind of like every case kind of goes down the same way a little bit. Maybe with a little bit of a a twist here and there, but. Majority, you're just, yeah, fig- okay, here's our situation, alright, I'm going here, I found clues, I talked to this person, found clues, do a trial, and then get more clues, back to the trial, more clues, and then finish the trial. It's kind of that over and over again, but the cases were fun, they were funny, uh, it was a good enough puzzle, like, I definitely got stumped a few times, I'm like, oh, what clue, what is it, like, you're trying to piece together uh, evidence and stuff. Really enjoyed it. I might just go right into the next one after I'm done. I'm just, it was a little bit longer than I was expecting. It was like over, I'm thinking I'm over 15 hours now. I wasn't expecting it to be that long of a game, but really enjoyed it. Again, I see why people were so about these games uh, back in the day. I've just never really been a big handheld guy. I usually like, I only buy handhelds for Pokemon and any other game. It's just like, eh, whatever. But I'm going back, and I'm playing some Phoenix Wright, and I'm really enjoying it so far. Again, highly recommend you pick up the trilogy when it's on sale. I got it for, I think it was $13 for three games. You cannot go wrong with a deal like that. If you're even a little bit curious about Ace Attorney, give it a shot. It's quite good. And I've been playing through Pyre, so this is Supergiant's game. Uh, Last week, I couldn't remember what other games Supergiant did, but they are the, the... creators behind Hades, which is one of my favorite games, so I'm kind of smack myself there for forgetting that, but playing through Pyre, and I don't want to talk too much about it, because I think I want to do an episode on it, all I'll say is that I'm extremely enjoying it, very, very much so enjoying this game, and I think it deserves an episode, it's a very unique game, I can't say I've ever played anything quite like it, and uh, yeah, so I'll probably be doing an episode on that one in the near future, so you can be looking forward to that, And I think that, yeah, I think that's all I've been up to over the last week. Other than, you know, I had to, like, rearrange my whole entire house because we had some water come into the basement. So I've been busy kind of doing that. Anyway, um, 
Yes, let's fucking, let's do this. Let's talk about 1998 and 2004, arguably some of the greatest years of gaming, but which one was better? Let's find out. Oh man, does anybody else want to drive a lowrider? Or is that just me? Anyway, um... Wow, 1998 and 2004, bro. I was extremely young during those 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 days. Uh, 98 in particular, uh, I was playing video games, but I was not a hardcore gamer just yet. 2004, a bit of a different story. That would be, I would say, about around, I don't know, a year or so into my hardcore gamer. So... So I'll definitely have a few more memories and so on and so forth around 2004. I was more in the fold of gaming and news and all that stuff. 98, I was still, like, sucking on my thumb, yo. So, like, don't necessarily know 100% what was going on around me, but I am a big old nerd and have done my research for all that around me during 98 and so on and so forth. So we're just going to kind of go through... Each year, going to talk about the, the 10 biggest games of that year, maybe some honorable mentions, take a look at some of the worst games, and then we'll go over the impact of that year as a whole, and then we'll just decide which one I liked a little bit better, and it's just subjective, this is not the law, this does not mean, no, it doesn't matter who says it, it's my opinion and only me, that is not the case, this is just for fun. So, let's have a little fun, let's go with 1998, so 1998, you're looking at the PlayStation 1 is in full swing, we're, we're well on our way into that generation, you got the Nintendo 64, and the dawning of 3D gaming is well on its way, we're still kind of in that awkward phase, internet is still not necessarily mainstream, and so on, so, and you got, well, we'll, we'll just stick to 98 right now, so, Let's talk about, let's just start with the 10 biggest games, the highest reviewed games of that year. We'll start from the bottom and work our way up. Now, just note that there weren't as many reviews, professional reviews back in 1998 as there were in 2004. So some of the scores may be subjective as like maybe there was 15 professional reviews of a game in 98 compared to there'd be uh, 60 to 70 reviews of a game in 2004. So gaming as a whole has gotten bigger. So we'll just kind of have to play along those lines and kind of keep that stuff in mind. But let's get into 1998. Starting off with one of the biggest games of that year, 1998 Crash 3 Warped. So we're looking at the final game in the trilogy, the PS1 trilogy of the Crash games. And a little bit of a shame, shameful secret right here, I haven't played them before. I own them all and it's crazy. The only Crash game that I played was Crash Bash. I loved Crash Bash so much and yeah, I just never played the original games. I didn't grow up owning any of them. I have them now and I have the remakes and all that great stuff. I still haven't played them. So... All I can tell you is that I'm aware that Warped is arguably the best one in that original trilogy. Uh, it looked quite good, <laughs> I must say. Uh, it has a 91 on Metacritic, so all my scores I'm getting from Metacritic. So, you know, have that in mind. But a 91 for Crash 3, pretty fucking good. One of the more popular series on the PlayStation 
in that era. So Crash 3 cracks the list. We got Baldur's Gate 92 on Metacritic. So we're going to have some PC games here. And I did not have a PC growing up, that's for sure. I didn't get my own PC until maybe 2005 or something like that. So I was super behind. And like I've been on the internet. I played a handful of PC games back then. But definitely wasn't playing Baldur's Gate in 1998 when I was five or six years old. A bit too hardcore of a game for me. But the crazy thing is they're actually releasing a Baldur's Gate 3 finally. So um, I think that's also going to be on a PlayStation exclusive, which is pretty big news. But wow, it's a Pretty crazy because we're it's 1998 till 2023, and I don't know if Baldur's Gate coming out in 2023 might be 2024, but holy shit, that has taken a long time to get that sequel. I imagine there's some really happy people behind that, but I can't say I know a whole lot about Baldur's Gate, and neither do I know much about Thief, which is also a PC game, rocking a 92 on the Metacritic back then. Definitely one of the earlier stealth games. Uh, I know Thief is still kind of going on now. Definitely doesn't have the the impact or the the Metacritic scores that it did back in the day that it does now. Like I, I see Thief almost every time I go onto the PlayStation Store. It's always there. It's like four dollars, and I don't want to play it because it looks a little bare bones. But back then, man, I mean the lighting, the shadows, the stealth gaming was. Not really a thing back then, and we'll get to the other big stealth game of that year in a moment, but these are kind of the earliest stealth games, and you can still see their influence when you watch the gameplay. You're like, oh yeah, there is still a lot of influence being used in stealth games today. So Thief had a pretty big impact, but it's definitely overshadowed by another stealth game that came out in 98, but what a fucking year 1998 was for stealth gaming. I mean, there was some pretty major steps taken right here. Now we got Banjo-Kazooie, 92 on Metacritic. This one I played. I've actually played this game. I didn't get to beat it because that fucking Gratilda or whatever, Grunty, that bitch sucks, man. That chick is hard, but man, what a fantastic fucking game this is. It, It may arguably be my favorite of the kind of big platforming games, you know, your Donkey Kong 64s, Mario 64. I think I'd be taking Banjo, honestly. I really love the music in Banjo. The level design is excellent in Banjo-Kazooie. Even the underwater level is not that bad. Now, the age of the collect-a-thon, big kind of open... I won't say open world, but big, uh, what the fuck do you call them? Platforming games, 3D platforming. They're still around, but it's they're definitely not as popular as they were back then. And man, Banjo, just so good. A series that I know it, in a way, sort of lives on with ukulele and stuff. But we all know that's not, that's not Banjo. And Banjo, Nuts and Bolts, that doesn't count. It's kind of crazy to me that we still haven't seen, like, rather a Banjo uh, Banjo-Kazooie or 2 remake, remaster, anything like that. They still hold up great today. They're still incredibly fun. They may not be the best looking because they are of their time, but I feel like this one has aged better than some of the others. Uh, 3D platformers of this era. It's very colorful, and I really, really like this game, man. It's one of my higher rated ones of the N64. I absolutely adore Banjo-Kazooie, and I would absolutely love to see 
Banjo-Kazooie come back in s at some point. Come on, Rare, get it done. Next up, we got another PC game. It is Grim Fandango. Can't say I've ever played this one, sorry. But I, um, I am very, very interested in the... They remastered this one. I want to check it out. Just haven't had the time to get to it quite yet. Uh, I believe it's one of those Tim Schafer games. Uh, obviously, it's a very well-written game. It's kind of a story mystery game of those kind of Monkey Island-style games. Uh, can't say I'm very familiar with these ser series or even the work of Tim Schafer. I'm very aware of the man, and I remember Brutal Legend very well and how big of a deal that was. And Yeah, but Grim Fandango, I know it holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. It's a game I still 100% want to check out. I going to get it on my switch and it'll be fantastic but man pc gaming was doing some really awesome stuff you can still they're still making games very similar to these kind of games today i mean you look at the telltale games they're not 100 the exact same but you can definitely tell these are some of the early story driven games and incredibly funny great cast of characters well written you're starting to see really good stories starting to come along <coughs> in different genres. It's not just big action games and, and so on and so forth. You have really funny games as well in Grim Fandango. Now we got the big, the big stealth game of the year. It is Metal Gear Solid, rocking a 94 on Metacritic. So this one I'm quite familiar with. I grew up with some Metal Gear Solid, not the mainline games I had, um... Like, there's, like, a mission game. I think it's called VR Missions. And it's just a whole bunch of little missions. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing with them. But I did play through this game uh, quite a while ago now. But even, I don't know, I think it was probably 2005 was the first time I played through this game. And even in 2005, I was like, Jesus, this game is butt-fucking-ugly. It did not age gracefully. It is 100% of its time. That game at the time was very cutting edge. It did not utilize cutscenes. It was all in-game engine. No extra FMV cutscenes. It was all seamless. And that blew a lot of people away back then, man. Like, it's extremely laughable now. You play the game. You look at the faces. They're blurry. You can't even tell there's barely a face to them. They look ridiculous. It's blocky. It looks like shit. But... At the time when this game came out, it was absolutely revolutionary, man. We have not seen anything quite like this. Um, even, like, the mechanics of the game back then were incredible. The AI of the of the guards going around looking for you, they were so smart. They weren't just brain-dead AIs just aimlessly walking around. You could be right in front of them, but if I'm crouched, they won't see me. It's like, no, they're actually quite smart Um for an AI of, of that time. It was qu quite incredible. The boss fights were pretty cool. I mean, again, it's it's qu a little difficult for me to talk about it because I struggled so mightily getting through that game because it, it just did not age gracefully at all. The controls suck. The There's a lot about it that just kind of stinks. I mean, the, 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 the Rex fight was difficult as shit, but the story was good, even though, like, again, it's kind of difficult to... If you weren't there experiencing it at the time, I mean, like, those cutscenes, the story, you got so attached to, to Snake and Meryl, and the characters were so cool. Oh, boy. It's just one of those games, it just, it 
definitely was that PS2, or sorry, PS1 era. They were trying to make it look very realistic and cutting edge for its time. And it's just one of the ones that just did not gracefully age. I'm sorry, Metal Gear Solid. I am dying for a modern remake. I know they have Twin Snakes on GameCube, but I don't have $7,000 to try and track that down. So, I mean, I'm dying for it to get a remake. It desperately, desperately needs to be remade. Uh, we're getting there. We're getting remakes of Metal Gear Solid 3, so hopefully that kind of kicks kicks the ball off and we can get a Metal Gear Solid 1 remake because it desperately needs it, but... My god, dude, in 1998, this game was mind-melting. It absolutely melted minds. It's crazy. All right, after Metal Gear Solid, we got the start of Gran Turismo on PlayStation. One of the absolute staples of PlayStation, rocking a 96 on Metacritic. And, I mean, for the most part, I think car games generally age quite well. PS1, you're, you're... you know, it's it's quite old at that time, and 3D gaming was quite new. So, for the time, obviously, mind-melting. Like, we had never seen details on cars like this. I, but, like I said, I think car games generally age quite well. Like, I could play any PS2 racing game, and I will have a great time. I still think some of the ones on 360 look good. Car games, generally, in my opinion age quite well and man Gran Turismo starting all the way back in 1998 another terrible secret about myself I've never played Gran Turismo before always kind of been a Forza guy and uh, Need for Speed before there was Forza it was Need for Speed for myself um yeah I, I've actually I've still to this day have not played a Gran Turismo which actually is blowing my mind at this moment I really want to get the newest one on PS5 but you know racing games are racing games they all kind of you know, they race. If it's a good racer, you'll, you know it. It feels good. I've heard nothing but great things. All the PS2 ones, they all review very, very well. Uh, it's more the newer, newer Gran Turismo's that haven't reviewed necessarily well. I just think that, uh, I don't know, man. I think Forza's done a lot of damage in terms of, uh, the racing landscape because Forza Horizon just melted me away, man. I'd never played, uh, a racing game quite like that with the open world it works so fucking good and i really struggle to play racing games that are not of that forza horizon style where i'm just out in the open and i could do my own thing but gran turismo back then man oh my god i get just the, the graphics the fucking graphics and that is still what grand gran turismo is still going strong today and they are still cutting edge in graphics and car design looks amazing like I would do some pretty wild things to get my hands on, like, a nice fucking VR setup with the steering wheel and the whole gimmick and play some Gran Turismo, man. Oh, my God, if it just didn't cost $4,000. Gran Turismo getting a start in 1998. That's crazy. And we have a big one. Half-Life came out 1998, coming out on a 96 on Metacritic and... Yeah, dude, I mean, where would first-person shooting be without Half-Life? You can still see and feel the influence of this game in modern shooters today. It's it's still there, the blueprint, the groundwork, it's there. This game has, I mean, it hasn't aged gracefully, but it's still playable. Though a little difficult, it's definitely a little bare-bones compared to other shooters, but... The fact that this game came out in 1998 is fucking incredible. This game, if you told me, like, 
I, I probably wouldn't believe you and unless I saw it for myself because this game looks like something that came out in 2004. It's kind of mind-blowing. The game looks amazing. It was a PC game. I only experienced it through the orange box, so there was that. I never beat it because it was just, you know, at that time I was playing my Halos and my Call of Duties, and, you know, shooting games have advanced quite a lot since 1998, but... I still appreciate it a lot. I was like, wow, it's it, it feels modern. Like, you could tell, like, oh, wow. Like, they they really... This game is so influential and influential. It might be the the most influential game on this list because I still see it to this day. You, you just... Anytime I see a first-person shooter, I'm like, it's got that Half-Life look. Now, does it... Do they all have the feel of Half-Life? Absolutely not. Do they all have the story and the atmosphere of Half-Life? No, not quite. I mean, Bioshock was pretty fucking close, I would say. Bioshock would be, like, my generation's uh, Half-Life or System Shock, whatever have you. But, my God, man, I, I cannot deny, though I was not playing this game and hyped up for this game in the moment that it came out, I cannot deny... That this is one of the most influential games ever created. If if it wasn't here, then then who knows? Like, it, people are still using like the I don't know if it's necessarily the I don't know I'm not that nerdy, but the source code they're they've made other like you don't you wouldn't have Counter Strike, you wouldn't have your your prop hunts, you wouldn't have all these other weird little fucking games that they. It's just amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Way way ahead of its time. I think that goes without saying, but. Holy shit. Half-Life. We got two more on this list. We got Tekken 3 coming out at a 96. Uh, Tekken, I've played Tekken. I think I've played this Tekken in particular. Tekken 3, uh, kind of very, very iconic uh, for the PlayStation 1. I can see that fucking, that case with with the purple. I don't know the names. I'm sorry. But Tekken 3, fuck, man. It was, that was like the number one fighter that I played, but never owned it. Everywhere that I went, my cousin's house, uncles, everyone always had Tekken. We're always playing Tekken, but I never owned it. I was a Soul Calibur, Soul Calibur guy at home, but I loved Tekken, man. I always enjoyed Tekken so much when I went to play it, especially Tekken 3. Oh my god, I used to go over to my aunt's house. She had Tekken 3. We'd be fucking whooping some ass. I loved the dude that kind of did the breakdancing stuff. I loved using him. Controls are so fucking tight. For the time, it looked amazing. It's still fun. Like, it's a totally playable game today. Like, fighting games and racers, they're not the same, obviously. I just feel like they... they as long as it's a nice, well-made fighter, you can keep playing them. Like, I, I'd pop in Soul Calibur 2 anytime. I could pop in Virtual Fighter 2 anytime and still play them. Mortal Kombat 2. People are still playing Street Fighter 2. Like, yeah. I think fighting games age pretty good. And I think Tekken 3 is still a playable game today. You can see the influences of this one into your current fighters now. Though, you're starting to see the fighting... Uh, landscape change a little bit with street fighter 6 coming out i i'm probably not going to play it but i've known and seen a whole bunch about it and it looks very very different from um my kind of fighting games that i played back in the day but my fuck dude number two was tekken freaking three and like tekken was so fucking huge man it's still big now it's definitely not like i think Like, PS1, PS2 was at its pinnacle. Those games were so fucking well-made. They're still really good now. Like, I played Virtual Fighter V, like, a year or two ago with my wife, and it was just incredibly fun. Like, I really, really enjoy Tekken. And now, we get to the highest 
rated game almost of all time. It might be of all time, but definitely the highest rated game of 1998. And that is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time or Ocarina of Tim, if some people want to call it that. But oh my God, dude. I mean, who doesn't know about this game? It was my favorite game for a very, very, very long time. I absolutely adore Ocarina of Time. I will be doing a, a whole episode dedicated to this game, but oh my god, dude, the impact of this game when it came out. Like, taking Legend of Zelda to 3D, they did it so fucking gracefully. You are still seeing so much of what they did in 1998 in the current games today. Like, the Z-targeting is still a thing today. Oh, I could. I still, when I'm playing Tears of the Kingdom, I still feel my Ocarina of Time in there, though it isn't. You know, it's it's not. It's 1998. When you play it now, you go out in the high in the high rule fields. It's pretty empty, pretty barren. It's not a whole lot going on. There's your secrets here and there. Now it's obviously not your Tears of the Kingdom. That's what they wanted it to be back then. But they did. They did fucking... They took that N64 to the limit, goddammit. I don't know how this game doesn't have the expansion pace, but it might. It might have the expansion pack. Anyway, wow. I mean, the... Like, this game influenced Zelda for, like, the next 20 years or so. Like, you're like even Tears of the Kingdom, we are kind of back to that open world with the dungeons. You're getting an item here now. It's a, a little bit different now. We're a little less focused on big temples and dungeons and stuff kind of focusing more on just little stuff anyway god damn it ocarina of time i still love this game today i would play the n64 version in a heartbeat if i didn't have the 3ds version but like it just the 3ds version just it's just a better way to play the game but ocarina of time i mean jesus christ man so many so many iconic moments, the boss fights, it's all still ingrained in my head. I played through this game probably seven or eight times, 100%. I used to know where every fucking thing was. It was my baby, and um, my god, man, it was a game that I would literally pop in at least once a year, go through the game. Oh, oh, what a magical game this is. I still love it to death. Um, And I know a lot of people don't necessarily love it. There's definitely... Uh, the people that played the 2D ones prior that definitely don't love it as much as, as other people do. I'm, I like them both, man. I like them both. I love the Super Nintendo Link to the Past. I played that last year for the first time. Fucking loved it. And I'm going to love my Ocarina of Time. They're both, they're too different to compare. I love them. I, lo- I love the 3D Zelda Ocarina of Time. Wow. I mean, definitely without question, one of the greatest games ever made. It's... It's a masterpiece. It's an absolute masterpiece. I know people have things about it that they don't like, but it's undeniable, man. It's a masterpiece, and it was the best game of 1998. So we'll just uh, kind of go through some of the other notable releases that didn't crack it into the Metacritic uh, top list, but we got some big games here too, man. Pokemon Red and Blue made their debut in 1998, and I was all about those games. You know that as a kid. Holy shit, like, Wow, it's kind of amazing that I feel like Pokemon's been around longer than that, but it's kind of amazing that I was there. I was on I was ground zero when that shit dropped in North America and I was all about it. You got Resident Evil 2, StarCraft. StarCraft is huge, man. That game was I remember when StarCraft 2 finally got announced and everything. Like I didn't know a thing about it, but 
everyone around me was going fucking crazy about StarCraft. Still, um, I can't, I'm not into those kind of games at all, but I feel like StarCraft has influenced a lot of the big, um, I don't know what these games are called, but, um, PC games? Anyway, uh, StarCraft happened, Panzer Dragoon Saga, I just wanted to throw that one in there, uh, because it's an incredibly expensive game to try and track down nowadays. Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey, Fallout 2, before they went 3D, Rainbow Six started in 1998, you got F-Zero, I believe that, no, no, there was one on the GameCube, so it wasn't dead yet, Xenogears, Final Fantasy Tactics, which I have upstairs right now, love, love Final Fantasy Tactics, and Parasite Eve to round out some of the bigger games of note of 1998. Uh, not all of them had Metacritic scores, but like I said, there weren't as many professional reviewing websites and all that stuff back in 1998 as there were in 2004 and forget about today. Like, there's so many reviewing websites and shit like that now. So there you go. In terms of the worst of 1998, uh, you're going to see, we're going to start seeing a lot of movie and, you know, TV tie-in stuff. It's We're still in that era back then where... Uh, companies are going to release uh, whatever big blockbuster summer movie is coming out. There's going to be a really shitty video game to go with it to try and bank on those uh, parents and young children that may not know any better. But some of the worst games of 1998, you got Batman and Robin, also one of the worst movies of 1998, 47 on Metacritic, See the Contra Adventure, 39 on Metacritic, Fox Sports, Galf, 39, and... Apparently, the worst game of 1998, but a fantastic movie, The Fifth Element. Oh my goodness, yes. I watched a video on The Fifth Element. It looked fucking awful. It didn't look done. It did not look like a complete video game. And I called Metal Gear Solid blurry. This game makes Metal Gear Solid look like it was fucking made in 4K. So, yeah, um... Fifth Element, terrible video game, and uh, yeah, I think that will essentially wrap up 1998. You got some some serious hitters, man. I mean, Ocarina of Time, one of the greatest games ever made, one of the most influential games ever made. Half-Life, kind of the same deal, very influential, just you're still seeing that influence in games today. Metal Gear Solid kind of kickstarting or really sending off um, stealth gaming onto a main stream and into more hands of people and just yes making it more popular banjo kazooie just want some of the pinnacle of that 3d platforming genre there's some big ones here man and even i mean pokemon like i don't know how pokemon didn't make it into that metacritic but pokemon jesus christ dude that started a revolution the world Pokemon is one of the biggest things in the world today. So, yeah, that that's kind of a big deal, Pokemon getting its start in the video game world in 98. Wow. So, with that being said, let's go on to 2004. We are now off to the era of the PS2. We got a new contender in Microsoft, adding in the Xboxes here now. And we got the GameCube, and... Oh, was Sega still here? I don't think so. If it was, then we got some Dreamcast in here, but I can't, I don't, I don't remember. My apologies. All right. Best games of 2004, starting at the bottom of this list, Metal Gear Solid 3 at a 91. So you're starting with one of my favorite games of all time, my favorite Metal Gear Solid game in the whole entire series. 
Whoa, hell of a place to start, hell of a place to start. Now, in my opinion, this is the best Metal Gear Solid game. It has the best mix of fantastic gameplay and storytelling. Metal Gear Solid 4, maybe a little heavy on the storytelling. Metal Gear Solid 1, and then Metal Gear Solid 2, okay? But anyway, um, Jesus, man, I adore this game. The story... Just, oh my god, I cried like a fucking baby. The stealth mechanics, uh, the camouflage mechanics, having to, the survival elements of this game, having to feed yourself and go hunting for snakes in the grass and shit. The, the innovation of boss fights. I mean, the end. This old fucking hundred-year-old sniper that you fight, and you can literally beat him by outweighting him to death. You can just be like, in the fight, you can just turn your PS2 off. Oh, I'll play tomorrow. You turn it on, and the old man has died of old age. I mean, oh my god, dude. Like, again, Metal Gear Solid 3, ahead of its time. It's some of the craziest, coolest shit in video games. Like, oh, it's just so fucking cool. Gameplay, I mean, it, it's it's definitely a little clunky in today's standards. It, it could definitely use an update, and it's getting an ad in a remake that'll be coming out at some point soon. And I will buy that, but... Oh, Metal Gear Solid 3 kicking off this list. That That's impressive. Metal, Metroid Prime 2 at a 92 is next up on the list. And, oof, I mean, uh, Metroid, very beloved by the fans that are there. It is not the biggest franchise in, that Nintendo has, but it is definitely beloved. And the second entry in the Prime series, I think... Everyone kind of got taken by surprise with Metroid Prime. The game was incredible. They just remastered it and put it out on the Switch this year, and I have yet to play it yet. I'm, I will get there, but, oh, man, again, just a phenomenal game. Still very playable today. Uh, GameCube games have fucking aged like a fine wine. Uh, Metroid Prime looks great today, and they're remaking them, and... Just a quality game. Now, I can't say that I played... This is the only Prime game that I didn't get to play. I played Prime 1, and I, play, I played Corruption, number 3. Did not get to play 2, but it's, it's more of the same. It's a very, very well-made game. Now we're going... Okay, we're going, we're going PC-heavy here for the next few, so bear with me. You got Rome, Total War at a 92. Um, I know of these games. I can't say I played this one in particular, but I played these incredibly massive uh strategy games i'm a massive strategy game guy i fucking love strategy games if i was playing pc back then if i had one these are the kind of games that i'd be playing when i got into pc these are the ones that i went for right away company of heroes um i believe i have played total war just other uh, the newer ones anyway um insane game man the customization just the amount of shit that you can do in these games it's unbelievable but i did not play it so i don't know a whole whole lot of it other than that it was probably an incredibly deep deep strategy game now we got this this is the big one y'all world of warcraft gets its start in 2004 93 on metacritic and jesus one of the just one of the biggest games ever man now i will admit I've never played it. I I just I avoided it like the plague. I, my sister got super addicted to it. I have friends that got super addicted to it. I never got behind the whole paying for it. I didn't like the month. I didn't like the subscription model that it had. But look at what the, that subscription model that they did back then was unheard of. Look at the subscription models now. 
games are coming out for free. There's there it's pretty amazing how ahead of of their time it was and arguably World of Warcraft is still the biggest MMO on the market is still up there for sure. Insane amount of expansions, the dedication, the player base. It's an, one of the greatest and craziest runs for a video game ever. It it is by far. It is the craziest, I mean, the lifespan of this game, insane. I mean, I, I, I get it from my sister all the time. It's like, oh, you're playing World of Warcraft? She can go dormant on Warcraft for years. And then all of a sudden, it just comes back like a sickness or something. She just can't stop playing it and playing it. And I, I've tried a couple MMOs. They're just, they're not for me. It's just not my, not my thing. I totally respect anyone that plays them. I completely understand why you play them. I I completely understand. I just don't have the time for them. But, Jesus, is there really much more to say? I mean, it's World of Warcraft. It's one of the most popular games ever made. It's got South Park episode. I mean, holy shit. It's World of Warcraft. I won't play it, though. I'm I'm good. You got Unreal Tournament 2004 came uh, coming out at a 93. I played. I don't know if this is the one that I played, but I definitely played some Unreal Tournament back in the day. Uh, did, wasn't any good at it. Very young. I uh, would just kind of run around. Insanely fast-paced shooter. Um, kind of a dying breed. You know, these arena shooters. Uh, I would kind of like them to come back. I kind of missed the boat on that, but they looked incredibly fun. And yeah, man, I just really haven't heard a whole lot about Unreal Tournament since Unreal Tournament 3. And I've never, I did not play that one. So, but I know there's definitely a market and a group of fans out there that absolutely love their arena shooters, their quakes, and of course, Unreal Tournament. You got Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow. So here we go. We got a stealth game. Splinter Cell, I played some of them. I haven't played this one in particular, but I have played some of that, uh, this, this, I think it's trilogy anyway, on the, on this generation of games. Very, very impressive game. It's, uh, still looks pretty damn good today. I mean, ahead of its time, shadow effects and lighting and so on and so forth. Quality, um, what do you call it? Stealth game. It's not as goofy or quirky. It doesn't have a Kojima behind it like Metal Gear Solid. So it doesn't quite have the, I guess, personality of Metal Gear Solid, but there's a big fan base behind these games. I really like them. I think they're underappreciated because of Metal Gear Solid. It's just so big and popular, but I really enjoyed uh, Splinter Cell, and I would love for them to keep making them. Splinter Cell Conviction, come on, where, where, where are my fans at? I mean, I love that game. So... Splinter Cell Pandora's Tomorrow, one of the biggest games of 2004. Oh man, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Here we go. It's Burnout Takedown Time, 93 on Metacritic, and I must admit, I fucking love Burnout. Absolutely love Burnout. Burnout Paradise, I adore that game. Absolutely fucking loved it. Uh, Burnout is an awesome game, man. Kind of arcadey. I love the whole take, take, is it takedown? takedown aspect of the game where you like slam into cars and you're trying to take them down smash them into other cars and then just the the destruction and the slow-mo oh my god dude takedown on ps2 was so much fucking fun man i love and the oh man the bad thing is i haven't played a burnout since burnout paradise and i'm a little disappointed in myself because i just i love paradise so much 
But, man, Takedown, fuck, what an awesome freaking game. Looks great. You can still play it today. I mean, I would love for them. Maybe they have remade them. I don't know. There's so many fucking games. I wouldn't be shocked if, if that one slipped through the, ta- through the cracks. But, oh, my God, y'all. We have three more. And these are fucking massive. Halo 2, 95 on Metacritic. And I was very aware of Halo 2. How can you not? If you were living in 2004, you probably heard of Halo 2 because that release, the hype around Halo 2 was the biggest I've ever experienced up until that point. Like, it was fucking crazy, man. I've never seen hype like that around a video game. It was it was wild. And I did... I didn't have an Xbox back then, but I did have a friend that had an Xbox and we played Halo 2. I played it online. It was amazing, man. Not only like the campaign was still amazing today. I love the Halo 2 campaign when you first go up against that scarab. Holy shit, what a fucking moment. You're teaming up with the Arbiter and of course, I mean the multiplayer, man. People still play the multiplayer today. People are still doing Halo 2 LAN parties. It's fucking wild. And it's just an incredible game, man. It's absolutely incredible. One of the greatest first-person shooters ever. Um, I feel Halo 2 aged a lot better than Halo 1. I've replayed Halo uh, 1 a few times uh, in recent memory, and it was uh, it was pretty rough, man. It was it was definitely uh, it, was, it was a little bit bare bones, a little simple. But Halo 2, they just took that. I mean took it to a whole nother level like everything just got bigger and better more weapons bigger story bigger budget it was just massive and that awful fucking goddamn cliffhanger at the end fuck you guys for doing that but what a moment man like oh i could just i remember playing it for that first day and just how blown away i was with that scarab that scarab fight holy shit and of course the soundtrack i mean oh my god that that halo theme is just so iconic it gives me chills thinking about it and it raises the hair on the back of my head when i hear it so halo 2 i think it goes without saying that shit was huge and then we got san andreas grand theft auto probably my favorite one this was uh it wasn't my first one i actually grew up on grand theft auto 2 but this for me was a big deal man i went from uh, overhead, you know, bird's eye view, Grand Theft Auto, and then I skipped right up to Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I didn't play three. I played Vice City at a friend's house a couple times, but San Andreas was the first one that I, I purchased for myself. I still have it. My original one that I got, I remember Christmas Day when I played it. My grandma wanted to bring it back because one of the first things that we heard in that game was, Yo, motherfucker, suck my dick! And my grandma was like, What? What? I was like, Oh, geez, I was really young at this point, but god damn, dude. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I I love the, the setting of it, like the 90s, Los Angeles, that West Coast, East Coast thing. I, CJ, the characters. I mean, I fucking love San Andreas. It took me forever to beat it because I had the PS2 version where it had the unbeatable mission in it, but I got through it eventually. It's got a remaster or re re yeah, remaster now. I haven't checked it out, but oh my god, dude. I fucking love Grand Theft Auto San Andreas so much. It's um goddamn. I just what what an amazing game. I mean, it took the 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 blueprint of Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City and just made it bigger, uh more money thrown uh, excuse me at these games. The story was excellent. 
voice acting was out of control. You got bigger names getting added to video games. You got Samuel Jackson providing a voice in this game. Like, that's kind of unheard of at the time. Like, video games was kind of like, you know, oh, just like your no-name actors and stuff. So to have a big name behind it kind of started to get the ball rolling and having video games become mainstream. And games like Halo and games like San Andreas definitely propelled gaming into the mainstream uh, quite a lot. But San Andreas isn't even the highest rated game of that year. It's Half-Life 2. 96 on Metacritic and yeah, dude. Uh, pretty much almost the exact same thing I said about Half-Life. Kind of the same deal here in 2004. The gravity gun out of fucking control. Way ahead of its time. Still looks good. Though it's like a little bit simple in its look. But it like... If someone said this was a 360 game, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, it's just, it looks great. The story is out of control. Again, I never beat it. I played it on the orange box. Just, I just didn't stick with it. I should probably finish them up at some point one of these days. But again, one of the most influential games, not only with first person shooters, but other games. Like it's not, it's the way that they tell their story without cutscenes. It's the way that this world is just kind of one. It's all seamless. It's, it's not... Uh, over-rendered over here this looks way better and it's just one of the craziest games ever made and so ahead of its time and it being the highest rated game of that year makes a lot of sense to me in terms of other really big noticeable releases of 2004 got Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal the third and arguably the best one of the PS2 trilogy Ninja Gaiden was on Xbox. The Sims 2, which was a massive for PC gamers. Pikmin 2, Chronicles of Riddick, one of the rare like movie-based video games that was actually really good and better than the movie, I would say. Fable, Sly 2, Counter-Strike Source, Far Cry started in 2004, and Beautiful Joe. I mean, those are some pretty fucking big games not making the list right there. And in terms of the worst games of 2004, uh, you got Bad Boys 2, rocking a 35 on Metacritic. Fear Factor, rocking a 30. This is the Game Boy Advance version. Knight Rider 2, I oh didn't know there was a Knight Rider 1, 27 on Metacritic. And the lowest rated game of that year, according to Metacritic, was Miami Vice at a 24. So... Clearly, we have um, some, some some lower rated games than we did in two thousand or uh, 1998. Again, you're going to have more video games getting made than there were in, two, in 1998. You got more people reviewing the games and you got more companies making games, trying to cash in on the popularity of video games. So you're going to have games like Fear Factor on Game Boy Advance being created and so on and so forth. So there may be, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but there probably was more bad games made in 2004 than there was in 1998. But I feel the same goes for good games as well. I feel like there was more good games made in, in 2004 than there was in 1998. In terms of influentialness though, let's take a look here at 2004. So Half-Life 2, we already had Half-Life at that point. So is it, you know, is it, is it, it's not as big, but it arguably is because Half-Life 2 was just an incredible game. They're st we're still waiting for the third one, so I don't know. Maybe Half-Life and Half-Life 2 might wash each other out a little bit. Grand Theft Auto, I mean, kind of the, the front runner, runner of your open world games. 
again, a game I would say ahead of its time. It's very much so influencing a lot of the open world games that we're getting today. That is for sure. Halo 2, definitely the biggest game in a long time. Still one of the biggest releases ever, but Jesus, dude, that that was just such a big moment for gaming. It really took it to a whole nother level. World of Warcraft, I mean, Jesus Christ, it's still going strong today. I'm I'm going to have to go and I'm I'm making my decision right now. I'm going 2004. Not to say that 1998 wasn't a good year. It was an amazing year. Absolutely amazing. But 2004 almost feels like the sequel to, to 1998 where you got a lot of similar style of games, but they're bigger, they're better, and that's how it should be, right? But, I mean, 1998, man, I mean, you really got some bangers right there, absolutely. I think, all in all, we all win. We win as gamers of 1998. We won as gamers in 2004. We got some amazing years, some amazing franchises starting right there. Some of them ending, that's, you know, it, that, that does happen, but Jesus, man, uh, really kicking off the ball in 2004, and, oh, man, it definitely feels... Like, it's easier for me to say 2004 because I was there for it and I was more aware of the gaming scene at the time, but I can't deny that 98 was fucking huge. I felt like it was bigger when I went back. I was like, was there, there wasn't a big Final Fantasy that released that year. It was, that was actually an in-between year, kind of. Like, 97 was Final Fantasy 7. I think 99 was Final Fantasy 8. Though, I mean, Final Fantasy 8 wasn't necessarily people's favorite, but yes, so that was a lot of fun, everybody. It was really fun to go through and talk about a whole bunch of fucking video games. Uh, I really enjoy these episodes. So just just so we're clear, I chose 2004, but it was tight. Very tight, very big, influential games on both sides. Which one would you pick? If, if you were picking, I mean, you, you might be more influenced if you were growing up and you were more in the fold in 1998, but I'm going 2004, but I think both years are fucking fantastic. And it's going to get bigger, so the next time I do one of these, I'll kind of leave it up to you guys if, I, if we're going to do it for, like, we'll go winner to play next, so it'd be 2004 up against, I think I'd be 2007 is the next year I'd want to do, so are we going to do 2004 versus 2007, or we just go, okay, 2004-1, we'll go 2007 versus, like, 20 or it might even be oh seven versus eight like i'll have to go back and just kind of see look through the years and stuff and see which ones were really big uh 2017 no eight i know 27 18 was a big one this year 2023 was has been massive so far but we're not done yet so i can't not gonna do that one yet but yeah that's out there there's gonna be lots of uh years versus so that's going to be a lot of fun and um yeah everybody i hope you enjoyed the episode kind of going down memory lane with me talking about some old games uh which one from any of those lists even the bad ones did, did anyone play the, that bad boys game growing up did anyone play fucking the fifth element from 1998 i mean i love the movie but i wasn't gonna play that video game even in 1998 so there you go everybody thank you so much for listening you guys are awesome We'll be back again with more GX GamerCast. The next one's going to be a fun one because it's episode 50. So, you know, I guess we got to do something a little bit fun. So I have chosen, I'm going to be, I'm not going to tell you what game it is yet, but it's a game from my past, arguably a terrible video game, but I loved it. So I'm going to be talking about a bad video game, but I loved it. So it's going to be kind of that. So uh, I don't know how well known the game is, but 
If you know it, you probably know it very well. So I'll give you that. That's all I'm going to leave you with. So the next GX GamerCast is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do some fun shit. And of course, as always, these go these get uploaded to YouTube. You can watch them over there. There's other videos of me playing video games on the channel as well. You can leave comments. If you have any questions, comments, concerns with the podcast, leave uh, you can send an email, you can message on Twitter, you can leave a comment on the YouTube, it's all there, so if you want to interact with the show and get involved, that would be awesome, I highly encourage that, that would be, that would be awesome, that'd be really good, and yes, we'll be uploading the GX WrestleCast, the HockeyCast, HockeyCast throughout the summer will be a little bit lighter, but I will, you know, keep you updated on Twitter as things go, so there we go, everybody. Thank you so much again for listening. You're awesome. I hope you're having a fantastic day, and we'll be back again soon with another versus and, of course, the GX Podcast. <laughs>